Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We have. Yes, we have Catherine Bruton. She is one of music industry's leading executives as the vice president of BMI. With an appreciation of legacy artists and an ear for current trends, Catherine has been named on Billboard's 2020 R&B Hip Hop Power Players list. She also sits as the Diversity, Equality, Inclusion Chair at BMI. And we're excited to have yeah. Catherine on. So welcome we to the show. Yes, welcome. So nice to meet you both. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, That's our for pleasure. Being here. And I guess we could just talk a little bit about what today represents yes. the one year anniversary of the whole Floyd thing. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because every time I think, and I say think, but you know, I feel so encouraged because I think a light has been shed on yeah. absolutely a lot of the equality you know, inequalities that have been a thing. And I think companies and, and certainly the world mask diversity and inclusion with, you know, having people in the building. And I think the numbers are often were skewed um, and, mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, minorities and low level positions. But when we really, the country start to look at, you know, whether it be banking, um, opportunities for healthcare, the disparities disparities were really vast. And so wow. I think wow. one year later, we, we've made some strides. Um, I am, as recent as yesterday, had an internal call about uh, the diversity, equity and inclusion space and how to, we as individuals have to be open to the conversations, even if we don't understand them. Yep. And yeah. I think it, I, I've said more than once, we can't put it on black people or minorities to fix how they've been treated. I think everybody has to say, we all have unconscious biases. Let's, let's start there. That's the starting place for us. But I yeah. think the more we can have open dialogue and understand um, that there's no quick fix to institutional racism, um, we, we will be better for it. And it's been proven time and time and time and time again that, you know, having a workplace and your circles be diverse is just the world we live in. And, and our guest is, is really um, diverse. I mean, if you look yes, back at our past guests. No, it's you guys have been great. And that's what oh, helps move the needle. We have to be open to, you know, having this mm -hmm. dialogue that allows oh, us yes. to talk about spaces that mm -hmm. historically have been, I think they've, they've, they've had surface conversations. I think now the real conversations are being had. So I'm super happy about that. And, I, and yes, I'm glad to see thing. too on, on both sides, because I think sometimes what I see happen a lot is, and this happens on both sides, is is both sides won't listen to both sides. Yeah. yeah and then <laughs> and they're talking at each other and not with and not allowing <laughs> the real dialogue to be had. And again, I, I, I'm i fortunate because I grew up in, a, you know, my family, my mom was very diverse. Like she oh, welcomed wow. everybody in her home. Oh, so I awesome. didn't have that compass. So going yeah. to the workplace yeah. for me, my friends were already, my best friend of 25 years is white. Um, <laughs> wow. like, so I, I don't have this us or them, but when I see the, you know, in the inequities happening to my colleagues or to my friends outside the building, I'm one to speak up because I've been get, afforded the opportunity to have 
been the first, you know, black executive to be an officer at BMI and the first at the Grammys to open and all. So all of those things, not knowing the milestones that I had accomplished, but realizing yeah. it came yeah. with the responsibility to say, hey, now it's just not enough for me to be at the table. We have to make sure that there's others that come behind me. That will That's just like on our show, we mm -hmm. feel the responsibility that, you know, we have to reach out to the black community too. Absolutely. And get there as guests. So and and what's we funny is, is a few months ago, we actually had a guest, uh, or not a guest on, but a guest I reached out to, one of the celebrities. Mm -hmm. And she's white. And she's yes, like, well, I can't do your show because it's not diverse enough. And, and you know, we started out as a country music interview. I love yeah, we've evolved and, over and, time. And we've evolved. And it's like, um, and, and I, 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 for the first time in my life, I had a celebrity actually have to apologize to us because I let her know it's not that we, it's, you know, the question shouldn't be um, that you don't have diverse. The question sh she should have asked is why didn't we at that time? Yeah. Because we've reached out two, three, four hundred guests of minorities, but kept wow. getting turned down. But um, lately, but all of a sudden now they're, you know, and we're we taking them. Yeah, we've had a bunch of minority guests, oh, and we and, yes. and our show's we probably been seventy percent women. So we that, that side right. we got covered. Mm -hmm. I love that, and 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 again, I think when you know better, you do better. I I don't ever mm -hmm. put it on, on people to believe that there's ill intent and in everything, and that's yeah. the other end right. of the spectrum. We're not like there, there's no conspiracy that all of companies or all white people are racist or don't want to be. Um, the, to level the playing field for, for all. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. it's just evoking conversations to say that, hey, even though you don't understand, let's continue to have conversations that allow us to meet somewhere in the middle. It's not me mm -hmm. having to bring you to my side or I bring you to your side. Let's exactly. have right. a medium where we can coexist in a place where everybody can walk away feeling like they've gained something. And that's what that, always been. That, and really, probably right. the best compromises is where both sides feel they gain, but also both sides feel like they lost a little. That's it. And it's it, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, so exactly. Not, we, no. we we become so conditioned to what's normal, and and until you somebody's like, well, God, Captain, I you always go to the same restaurants. I was like, yeah, that's what I know. But is there a new restaurant you may like that can, I should? Go can to? you turn your volume up a little bit? Um, yes, yes, yes. Did it go down? Hold on. Um, okay, but is that better? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. That's good. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah so well. it, it, it becomes a thing of just exposure and making sure that we leave the door open to conversations that, again, may not always be comfortable, but it's no, mm -hmm. it's so necessary in this exactly. It is. It, I feel mm -hmm. like the country, there was so much damage done in the last year from oh yes and, and everything was politicized I it was to be a part of a political system that doesn't bridge the gap i'm not talking democrat republican yep. right independent i'm talking about people coming together for change and making sure that in that those who are disenfranchised are a part of the conversation you know for those of us who have been successful it's one thing but for those who right. have somehow lost their way we have to make sure that we take care of our our community and I'm a big advocate in community. It's not enough to say, oh, I'm good and I have to make sure that people in my family are good. Sometimes it's stepping outside of your bandwidth to say, hey, I want to help make a difference in our community. And I'm I'm happy to see that activism is a And you know, that's just like this whole COVID stuff. Um, 
we did, I, to be honest, I did not want to do the shot. We did it because we felt like, you know what? Every generation is asked to step up right. and do something that, you know, that, you know, the World War Ones and Twos were, they had to fight. They we, had to we don't have to yeah. fight. We just need a shot. And so That's we decided, it. you know what? Yeah. So the country can open back up and we can get entertainment back. We did yes. our part. There you go. And Anna, again, it's opening back fast and furiously. I was on a call yesterday and they're like, oh, you know, Lollapalooza is on and they've sold out. People oh, wow. want a life. And and now sure. I spent, uh, I spend a lot of my career. Yeah, Friday, we're going to Nashville for Memorial Day weekend. We are. You said you guys are going to Nashville for Memorial Day. It's, yes. it's, it's a great city, a lot of great music. And I've spent a lot of time of my career there. And I grew up really listening to more country you know, 80s rock and roll and, and, and 70s, 80s, 90s R&B, hip hop. So mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a hosh posh of a music executive. But to the point oh, wow. of that is I, I really, I think for me, I was able to be in all these rooms because I had an appreciation, even though it was different. Yeah. It was yeah. Kind of stuff I enjoyed. And I think that's what we where we are today, we just have to be open to knowing that different doesn't mean that it's bad. You know, my friend Joe, so made I, a comment. He said, Chris took some heat because I posted on Facebook that we just got the shot. Yeah, the day we got the two different shots. <laughs> and he said, I took some heat for it. And, and I did. And I, I, and well, the funny part was, I didn't tell people they should get the shot. I just said, we did. I don't, you know. And, and that's a personal decision. And I just did a PSA with an organization. Again, I'm not there, but I'm not advocating that people shouldn't take shots. What I know is eventually I think I'm going to get there. But I just said, do your research, understand the pros and cons. It, you're, you're probably Absolutely. gonna be limited to where you can travel to outside the US without the vaccine. Yep. Some venues are saying you can only, you know, come into these big venues, except you can show that you you've been vaccinated. Right. So there are all, all these things that are gonna make it difficult, but I still would never tell somebody you shouldn't take a vaccine. It's not my place. I can just only tell you what I feel. I've never yeah, had a flu exactly. shot. Um, so for me, I'm like, ugh, I'm a little bit of a newbie to vaccines, as a result, <laughs> but but I'm I'm getting closer there because I have friends in the, in the healthcare business, and okay. most of them have done really well. Most have done really, and well. that's what we were waiting for. You know, yeah, we waited for my my goal was to see a hundred million people get it, and then friends of mine get it, and then I can talk to them, mm -hmm. and that made me comfortable enough. Okay. Let's we do can it. do this. Yeah, I love that. I love, and the, again, the beauty is it's a it's your First Amendment right. Yep. The government exactly. shouldn't be regulating what you should do. But as the country opens up, they have to keep advising people of their choice, and it's still a choice. It's still very much a choice of each person what they want to do and 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 what time frame they want to do it. So Joe said at the NFL draft, they had to be vaccinated fan zone. Oh, they oh, had a vaccinated and unvaccinated zone. No, it's, it's, that's, that's where it's going to go. The country it is, is divided based on whether you have a vaccine or not. Even on the plane, you know, they're saying by, by summer, like midsummer, you won't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. But right. if you're back and not vaccinated, you will have to continue to wear the mask. So, mm -hmm. It, it, it's, it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, to be honest, since we did the second dose, 
I haven't worn a mask since, except unless, that, unless required. it's required in a yeah, business, yeah. Then, then I will. Yeah. But outside of that, I have not worn a mask. <laughs> what about you, your child? Would you advocate or suggest children? What are, what are your no. thoughts? I'm curious. I would rather be us I, be the guinea know, pig, not them right I'd now. I'd rather not under like 12 years old. Yeah. Which we, we have a nine-year-old nine and, and a two-year-old. Two so oh, yeah. so no. that's a definite no. No. Yeah, here for, for right us. now since they're so young are, are the school systems in, in 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 your area requiring vaccines or no are we homeschool so i don't know i'm oh. not sure if they are yeah christopher's homeschooled that's right amazing. now so it wasn't such a heavy lift for you guys when COVID right. happened on home exactly because no, he was had his same routine so <laughs> speaking of covid um when covid happened how did it affect what you do since you're with BMI? I mean, that's entertainment. Oh, yes. You know, you know how, what? I how have did it... been busier than ever. I, I don't, for those who said, oh, I had a cruise of a year being home, <laughs> it has been daunting for me. Um, I took on the diversity, equity, and inclusion task force. So that was about a four month endeavor. Um, we also were, was producing everything virtually. Um, clearly, a lot of the creatives needed support. So, a lot of phone time. My days would start at eight, and by eight, nine o'clock, I'm like, where did the day go? I've also been working on the executive committee for the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame. So oh, Atlanta wow. is going to house a, sim a Walk of Fame similar to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So we'll be inducting our first 12 um, uh, inductees in June, June 17th, actually. So wow. I've been slammed, slam, slam, slam. Um, and then just really trying to be a support system. I also have a nonprofit. Hope for yeah. Harvest that oh, provides cool. oh, wow. kind of, you know, after school care. We are opening back up in person for a 30 person summer um, camp that's, you know, six weeks of activities. Kids have been locked down. So we're trying to jam the schedule, a camping trip <laughs> we've scheduled. Um, we're going to try to do a, a trip to Atlanta to see the Martin Luther King Museum and some other historical sites here. So I've, I've, I've had way more on my plate than I can even imagine. Wow. Well, well, you know, that's like, my birthday. So <laughs> you know, that's like for us, yeah. we, um, when we first launched the show, it was January 2020, a couple months oh, before nice. COVID. Yeah. And our original plan was to do a hundred interviews our first year. Cause we thought oh, yeah, that, that, would, that be would be huge. a lot of interviews. And yeah, in fact, we thought that would be pushing it. <laughs> and, and then COVID happens. And I mm -hmm. remember telling Sandy, this could be our silver lining. The whole industry shut down. So people they're have open. time. They've got all the they're time in the world. Yeah. And now people that are bigger who normally wouldn't come on a brand new show might consider it yeah. because they're open. So I was like, you know what? We just put out all stops. We're gonna we're gonna just reach out to everybody we can. And it's funny because then we end up doing over 300 interviews last year. And we're no over 400 way. now. Congratulations. But I mean, I think okay. content, there's so such a demand for content right now. Um, timing wise, most would say, oh, to launch a podcast, you probably were ahead of the curve because a lot of new shows and platforms thrived during COVID thrived because people were, on that's why I'm glad we launched when we did, huh? That's why I'm glad we launched when we did. I wouldn't want to be uh, launching right now. No, because uh, no, people are moving around again. And so I think you, you cemented yourself being a year ahead of the game versus someone trying to, you know, jump into this space now i think it would be super challenging except for i mean some massive celebrity i mean who would have thought 16 right. months ago that that tomorrow we will have brian latrell and his family coming on our show oh that's yes. amazing 
That you is know, absolutely amazing. So, you know, to go from nothing yes, to a Backstreet nothing. Boy. I mean, oh, that and, is amazing. But again, it goes to show you the power of the universe. I, I, I often say to people, because that's a question is, how did you survive COVID? I said, you know, the first two months, it was weird, I, you know, not having anywhere <laughs> yeah. to go. And right. most of, you know, music executives, we're, we're we, two phones, three devices, like you're just, you know, every day being able to sit down, I was able to repurpose some ideas. I was able oh, to, really, right. you know, hit the community. Charlotte got hit really hard and Tent City mm. popped up. There were four or 500 family, men, women, and children on the streets. So two oh, or three wow. times we suited up and prepared full food oh, in my wow. building and went out and served food. So I, for those who really tapped in, really pivoted, I think it gave us all a lot of joy. And then there were those folks who have suffered. Mental health has been, you know, you know, issues have really, you know, risen during this time because people were not used to not being around people. So I also tried to stay in touch with people who I know I knew were on their own. Um, so it, it, it's been a, a remarkable, you know, sad in many respects, but 2020 um, and certainly this first half of this year has been pretty remarkable for me. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, so tell us a little bit about what led you to BMI and exactly what do you do there? Mm -hmm. So I was a, an executive at the Grammys. I opened the uh, Atlanta chapter of the Recording Academy, worked there for about two years, and then BMI recruited me to open their office here in 97. So I am the um, vice president of um, writer, publisher relation or creatives is what it's called now. Mm -hmm. But we deal with affiliates in any genre. Um, Kenny Chesney to a Drake I have signed wow. and worked wow. with. So have had the pleasure of working early with some of the most amazing talented people. Um, a big fan of Nashville. So I'm really good friends with Dallas Davidson and Luke and and oh, Kenny cool. and you oh, know awesome. a lot of those boys are, are my buddies and 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 certainly having they don't tell them to come on our show. <laughs> I would love to do that. Um, Thomas Red and, and, and his son oh, wow. is uh, they're our good yeah. friends. So just dealing with creatives and helping them, mm. you know, get their career set up. We are generally the first stop in 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 what people do when they um, when I'm sorry, these messages pop up. Um, <laughs> startles me. Um, um, it's it's you know we we see people early. I, I met Kenny, you know, before Kenny was Kenny Chesney, and we're still wow. buds to this day. So um, have have had a remarkable time. And really seeing people and, and and seeing them blow up and become superstars, but still be great people. So now you've watched a lot of changes within the music industry. What surprised you the most, good and bad? One good and one bad. I think the good thing is streaming leveled the playing field. I think even when you talk about you know equity and inclusion, buildings were deciding who would be popular based on who they funded. Money can, in, in some cases, make things better. And then there's things you can be sick and you can have all the money in the world. And if it's incurable, you can, money can't do anything about that. So I think streaming allowed analytics to show who's consuming what. So I think that was the biggest blessing of even the pandemic. Streaming, even though touring was done, you know, radio as we knew it was having some challenges trying to figure out algorithms. Um, streaming went through the roof and then all of these new digital platforms popped up because yeah. the mm -hmm. consumption and the demand was so great there was also high subscription numbers they you know netflix and hulu all those platforms went through the roof so i think 
there was a lot of benefits to it. I think the downside is a lot of musicians suffered because their only way of making money is live shows and in so, studio sessions. So that was really sad. And I think organizations like Music Cares and BMI and ASCAP um, became a lifeline to folks who weren't making money and needed, you know, money to to kind of get themselves through through this, you know, very difficult year. So. Yeah, because I mean, when I see the future now, and, and the technology's always been here, we just never, mm -hmm. I guess people never really used it, but mm -hmm. I, I'm already seeing this, and I predicted this about six months ago, but I predict that as shows start coming back, you're going to have your live performances in front of fans, but you're going to set up your Virtual. online concerts Absolutely. so that people can pay you five, 10, 20 bucks. To still participate, so uh, now it's going to make. Around the world. So this is going to make the small artists actually be able to make money from touring even That's more. It. No, it's it's a great business model, and I know that the buildings early with streaming, you know, was pushing back because they felt like it would diminish the value of their product, and in reality, mm -hmm. it it saved. It would enhance business. It's it, mm -hmm. it it was an enhancement. So it and, and so I don't think that we're ever not going to. Have live moments. I think you can see based on these early numbers of festivals, it's going to be bigger and better. I think there's going to put be responsibilities on promoters um, to really figure out how to continue to do it safely. Um, COVID is not gone. I think yeah. you know right. the fear is will it morph to something else? No one knows. I think the CDC is projecting that it could be it could do that, but I think we have to now just take some measure of risk to get back to some sense of normality. Um, the, I think we, the country, the world has suffered a great loss, mm -hmm. but I think humanity and for the sake of our psyche, we have to get back to trying to resume business. And, and to me, I, went, I, I posted recently, I went to a studio session Saturday with Jerry Wanda, who is an incredible producer. He produced for you know, Shakira and uh, Santana and the food, just really hip hop guy, but just a music guy. And being in the studio for the first time after 17 months, I'm a studio rat. I like still being a part of the creative process. I sit there like a kid in the candy store, like giddy. <laughs> and the vibe and the energy in the room, and it, he was working with a Colombian artist and it was just such a good feeling. So I'm ready. And I, I told my, my staff when I got back um, yesterday, I said, I really think we should do a writing session somewhere and let's get some folks together and let's create some magic. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Joe said the live shows are probably going to be more expensive. And, and that's probably true because they Absolutely. have to do more stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, there'll probably less people. So they have okay. to make up the difference. That's and that's and that's what the streaming platform will do is for people make up the difference health, health issues or don't want to be in big crowds yeah. you'll be able to tune into your device with your wine in hand or whatever your beverage of choice is and watch the show and be a part mm -hmm. of that experience and i also learned that there will be firewalls so if i'm in you know if i have a show that starts in atlanta and goes to new york only people in the georgia area could watch the atlanta show so they have firewalls so that people won't be able to see it all over or oh, wow. so that that gives yeah. experience just relegated to that market so i thought that was an interesting tool as well so i think oh, we're going to be creative in this process and i think we're going to learn um that the, the music business will recover in a big way because i think innovation will always cure all things and let's face it problems. even when you look back at the 1918 spanish flu 
Within two years, they were back to normal. You're just, you know, you're just not going to stop entertainment. No, it's just, no, it, it's so, it's so necessary for people to be able to go out and down. And even in, I was in Miami, even in Miami, I'm, I'm walking around uh, the park and people headphones on and it's, it's just about the energy feels it, for, for months. It felt so people felt dejected and you felt it when you did people didn't yeah. even say it. You just felt mm -hmm. the heaviness. I think people are now resuming this, this feeling of hope and, that's mm -hmm. where I'm at. I, you know, again, I want to be safe and I'm advocating still masks where necessary for those of us who are not vaccinated. But I think we're going to recover as a country and I think we'll be oh, yeah. better and bigger. And we'll be stronger than ever. You and, said and, bigger and I said stronger, stronger, and bigger. All of yeah. that is it. And what's, yeah. what's when you also look at pandemics like the 1918, we're almost on the same path. It was a two year journey that they no, went uh, through. Yeah. And then that led to the roaring 20s. 20s. I think yeah. that's what we're now. Granted, we have to be careful that we don't hit the depression yeah, ten years yeah. later. But yeah. if we do things right, we could have the the roaring twenties here. Twenty somethings, yeah. No, yeah. that's yeah. that's interesting. You said that, Chris. That's 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 valid. And it, I try to always be optimistic. I, mm -hmm. You know, I don't ever work from a place of negativity, because I think once you start that mental cycle, it's it's sometimes daunting it, it takes over your thought process so yeah. even when you know i you know we saw friends dying and you know people couldn't go see their loved ones in the hospital there were the glimmers of hope that that always rose above all the darkness and i think now we're at a place where people are celebrating we're 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 not there but i think we're halfway there and i think if we continue yes. to be safe and be you know protect our our personal space, but also, you know, encourage people to make the right choices, whatever that is. Mask on if you're in places and you're not vaccinated, or if you are vaccinated, still take precautions. I think we're going to be, like you said, stronger and better than ever. Definitely love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they look at um, whether it's artists, whether it's CEOs and all that, but they don't, they don't see the teams that help them be who they are. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love that they deserve, but on our show they do. So if you want to take a few yes. moments, just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. You know what? I, 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 I'm so grateful for that question because what I really understood early on watching my mom as a, as a pastor and a philanthropist oh, wow. serve so many people unconditionally. And, and, and for me, I always dreamed grander and she was boots on the ground. And I think somewhere <laughs> I was born in that, in that middle place where I was able to function at a high level from, from a, a, a business standpoint, but I always had that grounding human interest where I'm not going to walk by the man on the street who may need a dollar from me. What's a dollar going to cost me? Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a team. I, I, I believe that your energy attracts the type of people you are. I'm super, super, super proud of my team. I have a great group of people that work with me. And I always say, they say for me, they boss me around often. So I say they work with me because I don't consider myself the boss of me. I even hate that term. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're super talented. They're great music folks. Um, I've promoted quite a few of my folks um, recently. So I'm happy about that. Oh, well. um, <laughs> folks on the foundation, even during the pandemic, um, with their own challenges, got out. The times we went out and fed and gave clothing out, we went to shelters to make sure the kids had the necessary tools. 
We had several board members that bought devices for Wi-Fi because some kids, the compute, the, the schools would drop off computers, but they don't have Wi-Fi. So how oh, are we wow. going to wow. get on? Yeah. So we, we, we did real work and it wasn't a solo effort. And I also say, I'm so grateful for people like Khaled, like Buster Rhymes, um, like Dallas Davison, like Dallas Austin. Those are contributors who have supported the work that I do. We don't take government money. It's mm -hmm. really folks who believe in our mission and see the work that we do on, yeah. on camera yeah. and off. And again, a big part of it. And you gotta have that. Back to my mom. Yeah. That's like we, you know, our show would not um, be where it is today if we didn't um, build the trust in the PR companies that we work with, oh, you know, yes. like, you know, like, great support. like your PR company Wonderful. has brought us some yeah. really great people. We love them. And yes. we've got other PR companies that's bringing us people from LA awesome. and all that. And so it's been, you know, yeah, it's we been a definitely process. would not be here without them. And I mean, we owe everything. And, and, and you know, the funny story is when we first launched, I I'll be honest, I mm -hmm. hated the PR company. <laughs> because I, I thought didn't I didn't under I thought you know what if I personally know this person why can't I just drag them on our show mm -hmm. I didn't understand there's a process protocol yeah yeah and yeah. now I'm like I'll be honest if a if a person does not have a PR company I almost don't want them on my show because I've yeah. realized that we get better quality people, quality people. who have PR companies right? happens with PR teams you're getting the best of the best so. That's not a bad thing to, to, to get. So I definitely flip-flop there from yes. the start of our show to that. where we are today. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. But I had to reach out to a friend of mine in Nashville, um, Cliff Doyle. <clears throat> a little incident happened at the beginning because of this. Yeah, I got chewed out, cussed it. out because I reached out to somebody. And I, I he's kind of a mentor to me. So I reached mm -hmm. out and said, you know, tell me why. So he mm -hmm. explained everything and i'm like okay that makes sense i get it now you know but see again that that's almost the thing where if if pe two people are not going to listen to each other you then go. you're the, but once he because he was a friend of mine explained yeah, he it had in, the knowledge there he's been in, in, in a way that i could years. understand it and i was like okay mm -hmm. that actually makes more makes sense. sense than what i thought <laughs> yeah, I it's, it's it's lessons of life you just have to sometimes have a little bump in the road to have you reset and do a little bit more um, digging to understand the process. And again, I'm, I'm, I, I know that well because I have lots of relationships with artists and, you know, celebrities of all walks of life that I can call. And there are situations where they'll commit and then say, I'm doing it. Just tell them I said yes, but call my publicist or my manager. So it, it works in many ways, but yeah. Your, yeah. to your point, they're, they're betters. They're just going to make sure you're getting the cream of the crop. Exactly. And, and, that, and, and that's what's been great about it. Like I said, you know, we love the PR teams now and, you know, we still wish we could break through on some of them within the country music genre, the higher ones. It but, will happen. But it'll happen. But the good thing is what, crap. you know, we're getting people like Brian Latrell because they know that if they come on our show, that well, I'm not going to say something stupid. Yeah, we've done what over 400 shows now. So, <laughs> I, and I think that that our relationships with all these PR people have has been what's got us to where we are today. So, thank God for relationships. No, that's it's the best, the best, the best. Um, so I have to jump because I've got a Grammy call. Believe it or ah. not, at 2:30. Oh, but no, no, no. But I, I, I absolutely think you guys are amazing. I cannot wait to 
um, have you guys do something with the Walk of Fame once we make those announcements and we can Sounds come back absolute. and maybe have a couple of our guests. Um, That'll be great. Inducted. Um, we love that. The, the, um, Otis Redding, James Brown, the Michael Jackson estate, um, outcast. So some really amazing um, folks are being inducted. So oh, Joe, wow. who's oh, also wow. working with the Walk of Fame, will be able to maybe circle back after we um, put our first 12 in the ground and have us talk about that. And I can certainly bring one of our guests um, that's being inducted into, and have them share that experience. So I will yeah. That'll be really awesome. We yes. would, and the great thing about StreamYard is like Zoom, we can put more people on here. We can. Oh yeah, that's amazing. This this is great platform. It's been absolutely seamless and it looks good. But yeah. that, you know, that's why we picked this up for Zoom because I can brand it. Yeah. That's amazing. That And yeah, that's amazing. So I now have to explore StreamYard because it looks really, really, really well. But you got again, guys. Thank you. They said your son was gonna maybe come on and pop. Yeah, I can bring him really quick for one hi, question. At least. Yes, yes. I'd love to grab him. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids and dogs, adults. Yep. You know, he's been part of almost every show because again, we are a family affair show. I note about that. I was like, where is the son? I want to see. In fact, I was leading to that because you see, when I talk about the team. Then I then I lead into okay we have a third co-host. I love that you're grooming him <laughs> early. I love that. Hi, well hi handsome. Uh, hi Jack Everett. what's your favorite food? Oh my favorite food is fish tacos. Ooh, mm. what's yours? Mine's pizza. Oh pizza. I love He's got three questions so. Okay yes. Okay what's your favorite TV show? Oh my God that's. I like Girlfriends. There's a show called Girlfriends mm, I like yeah. a lot. Mm. And what's yours? My, mine, mine is SpongeBob. <gasps> I like SpongeBob too. I was watching it with Khaled's son this weekend. I was like, that and Mario Brothers. So I like that. I know that show well too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh my God. The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, wow. Favorite movies. What about yours? My mine is mine is Minions movie. Oh, I have to watch that. I've never seen that. Watch that. Girlfriend. Somebody said takes me back. No, I love girlfriends, and I'm actually doing something with Kirk Frequa, who's a composer for that show. So bye, bye so much, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. And again, I promise Joe will work it out. I'll get come back on with some of my folks and. We'll Sounds talk more good. about the Walk of Fame and 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 what that long term goal is for the Walk of Fame here in Georgia. And you well, guys, would Santa, so maybe one of the ceremonies you could make a road trip up. That would be cool. We will try to do that. that sounds All great, right, guys. Thank you. All right. Have a All right. Thanks, day. So thanks for having me. All right. You have oh, a great thanks day. Thanks for being here. All right. Bye. Bye.